Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Isaiah chapter 48, and we'll read verse 17. Let's read 16 also, 16 and 17. And then we'll flip over to Jeremiah 30 and read verse 17. Praise the Lord. Come ye near unto me. Hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. How many know that God's word has been made plain from the beginning? It's not something that has been done in secret. It's not hiding from anybody or anything. Amen. It's preached openly. Somebody say openly. From the time that it was, there am I. He's been involved in it the whole time. And now the Lord God and his spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. Somebody say, my Redeemer. The Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. I want you to know, notice that when the Lord begins to speak, he said, thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, your Redeemer. Amen. Jeremiah 30 and verse 17. <laughs> 16, let's do 16 and 17 again. Amen. If you have it, say amen. Therefore, all they that devour thee shall be devoured. And all thine adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. And they that spoil thee shall be a spoil. And all that prey upon thee will I give for a prey. Listen to the words of the Lord this morning. For I will restore health unto thee. And I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, who no man seeketh after. They may call you an outcast. But God calls you his. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. God thought you were worth it. God thought you were worth it. Why don't we raise our hands to the Lord this morning and just pray. 
God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, Lord. I ask, God, that you would fill this place with your glory. I pray that you would send your angels this morning, God, to minister unto your heirs of salvation. I pray that you would move in whatever capacity that you deem necessary to bring your will to pass. I pray, God, that there would be an unction of the Holy Ghost in this place, a, a, a prophetic utterance, Lord, that would touch every life in this building. Minister to every need, God, under the sound of my voice, and I'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. You're seated, and I'm ready to preach, and it's 1130. Man, that's a record. Amen. So I'll have you out by about two. So one person clapped on that. Dinner's going to be burnt. Just joking. Amen. What does it mean to be redeemed? What does it mean to redeem something? If you look back at the original language, the chapter, the verse in Isaiah 48, uh, you begin to see that that word redeem means to buy back or to salvage or to ransom something. Amen. To, to, uh, to restore something to its original position. Amen. Um, my wife is, uh, she perked up when I said that. She wasn't even listening until I said that. Amen. She is a, uh, a person that likes to find old furniture. She goes uh, looking around for old things, old furniture, things that... Um, uh, most people would consider to be uh, outdated or junk or they're uh, damaged beyond the ability to be repaired. And so she'll frequent these little shops around town here. What's the one out on 40? Urban Twigs? See, that was the Holy Ghost. That just came to me. I've never been in that place in my life, but all of a sudden the name just snapped right into my mind. It's amazing. Urban Twigs, and I'd call her on the phone. I'd say, where are you at? She'd say, um, oh, I'm just browsing around here at uh, Urban Twigs. I'd say, oh, browsing. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's got her, her eye on a particular piece of furniture or um, one, one day she came home with these old doors, doors. And she piled them in the garage and there's like three or four of them. And they got the ugliest paint on them. You know, they're probably 12 coats of paint on these doors. And she piles them in the garage. And I saw, I'm like, what, what's this, Kenlin? Are we going to use this to start our fires this winter, break it up and use it for kindling? No, I'm going to. Uh, and she began to tell me about 
her vision when she saw these doors, what they would become. Now, I'm not a seer. When she begins to talk about this stuff, I'm like, I'm not seeing it. Right? But once she begins to put her hands on it, and she begins to work on it and put in the work and the effort and the energy into these doors, uh, I began to see the plan come to pass. That how many layers of paint was on? Well, there's like 15 layers of paint. I don't know. Um, I, I went out one day and she's stripping these doors of the, all of the excess paint and the paint that had been put on these doors. And these are solid wooden doors. You know, these are not the doors that we buy at Home Depot. Tara works at Home Depot. Sorry about that. <laughs> Amen. Uh, these are solid wooden doors, and you could probably get solid wooden doors there too. Uh, but mo in most of our houses, you got the hollow doors that don't weigh anything. You can knock them. I can, I can break it with just a slam of my shoulder. Now, that's an inside joke, and some people know what I'm talking about, and some don't. I'm not going to share that story. <laughs> Amen. But these doors were solid wooden doors. And, and as she began to strip the paint off of them, all of a sudden, the, 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 there began to show a beauty from, from beneath that was covered up with something uh, that, in my estimation, should have never have been there. Amen. It was a solid, some, a couple of them were solid oak doors. Amen. And so when she began to strip the paint off and she'd wipe it off and she'd put another layer of, of, uh, strip her on and scrape and scrape and get down in the grooves and removing all of the paint and the wood began to shine through and then she began to sand on that wood door to make it uh, that, that that wood began to really show its color and what it was uh, the whole time on the inside it was it began began to become exactly what she envisioned that it would become and I said how are you going to use these doors yeah I see that it's beautiful but you can't put hinges on it. You can't. I mean, it, it don't really fit in our doorways. We're going to cut them down. The, 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 where the handle goes is all messed up. And you can't. And she said, I'm not going to hang these doors. I'm going to use them as sliding doors. Right? So she, she, she finished these doors. And I wish I, I should have brought a picture of these doors from the, from the beginning to the ending. You would never know that it was the same object because at the ending, it was different from the beginning. Amen. It, it, at the beginning, it had been dilapidated. It had been something that needed work, something that needed help. It had lost its luster. It had fallen from what it was initially created to become. But when she saw it, she had a vision for it. And she knew the exact place that that thing would fit. And I just want to tell somebody today, you might have come in this building today and you might be beat down, dilapidated wounded, not know where you're going from here and not have a plan for your future, but God sees you this morning and he's a redeemer, he's a restorer, he saw you from the beginning. Amen. And she'll go around these shops and look for something of value. Amen. But how many know that God can look 
past the outside. He can look past what you see in the natural. He can look past the wounds and the scars and the addiction and the alcoholism. Come on. He can look past the promiscuity and the adultery. He can look past all the sin and the pain and the mourning. And he can see an object of value. Amen. Because a redeemer is not just what he does. It's who he is. Amen. Last week we talked about the goodness of God. And that the goodness, God is just good. Amen. Amen. Somebody say God is good. God is good. Amen. He's good. But that's because that's his character. That's who he is. He can't be anything but good. Amen. All Every good and perfect gift is from above that cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. He don't change. He don't change his character. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. He was good yesterday. He's good today and he's going to be good in the future. He's a redeemer yesterday. He's a redeemer today and he's a redeemer in the future. Amen. He's always looking for something to redeem. Somebody say amen. Amen. Every now and then, my wife will find a treasure that she'll bring into the house. And it's a, uh, I don't see it as a treasure, but she does. There are treasures in the house today. Amen. There are people under the sound of my voice. You don't even see your own value. Amen. You don't even know who you are yet. Amen. You're so led astray by lies and confusion and distraction that you haven't even seen the reality of who God created you to be. Amen. And I came here this morning to preach to you and to let you know you might have given up on yourself, but I serve a God, a Redeemer, who never gives up, who never lets go, who never backs down from a challenge. You can become all that he has created you to be. Amen. Somebody say, it's true. Mankind in the Garden of Eden, they, they fell into sin. What is sin? Sin is a transgression of the laws of God. Amen. If you know to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Amen. If you know something is wrong, and you know the right thing to do, but you do the wrong thing anyway, it is sin. Amen. Man fell into sin in the Garden of Eden when they chose to act uh, um, contrary to the commandment of God. Amen. They, 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 they satisfied their own will, their own desire, what they thought was best for them, what they intended to, for their future, their dream for their own life. They, they followed after what they thought was best, and they ended up falling into a, a life of sin. And the Bible says that when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, that we all sinned with him, or we all fell with him. By one man, sin entered in, and death by sin. Amen. It's because of sin that death passed upon all men, the Bible says, for all have sinned. Maybe not after the similitude, or in the same 
same way that Adam sinned, but every one of us at some point in our lives have acted contrary to the laws of God. Things that we knew were wrong, but we did it anyway. Things we knew would hurt us, but we did it anyway. Things that we knew would feel good for a moment, but then might have some fruit to bear later on in our lives. And now we're living in a life filled with fruit that we didn't really want. But we need to understand today, just because we have hurts, just because we have failures, just because we have scars and wounds in our lives, doesn't mean that God's done with us. Doesn't mean that he's finished or that we can never be what God has purposed for us to be. Somebody say failure is not final. But what sin does is it takes from us. Amen. Every time that we give ourselves to something that we know is contrary to God's word or his purpose for our life. And you can say, well, I don't even know the Bible, but you have a conscience and there are things God has put in you a conscience and there are things that you're doing that you're sinning against your own conscience. You know that it's wrong and you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you're doing it anyway. Well, when we act that way, it takes from us. It steals from us. It wounds us on the inside. It scars us on the inside. Come on. It, 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 it violates us. It, it, it damages our minds and it damages our spirits and ultimately our souls. Somebody say amen. amen. If we could look around the room this morning. Now it got quiet. Everybody was clapping until I started talking about sin. But look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you too. For all have sinned. If we could look around the room this morning and look past the suits and the ties and the nice Easter dresses and uh, the strong faces, the strong image that we put on to come to church today, we would see a lot of insecurity. We would see a lot of wounds. We would see a lot of damage. Come on. We, we would see a lot of hurts that have yet to be healed. Amen. We would see a lot of wrongdoings that haven't been repented from, from yet, for yet. Amen. We would see a lot of things that God intends to heal. Amen. If we could look around and look through the eyes of God, we would have a different view of the body of Christ. Amen. We're only here not because we're good. We're here because he's good. We're not here because we're righteous. We're here because he's righteous. Amen. Amen. I'm here today because he paid the price for my sin. He pushed me out of the way. I was due to be nailed to that cross. I was due to die for my sin for eternity, to go into eternal judgment. But he looked down from heaven and he said, he's worth it. He's worth it. I'm going to be nailed to the cross. I'll take the punishment. I'll take those nails. I'll die for him. Amen. That's how our Redeemer does. He doesn't want you to pay an eternal, eternal punishment for your sin, an eternal damnation to be separated from God and heaven for eternity. He wants you to be saved by his blood. He paid the price. He paid the price for our sin, but we have to receive it. Somebody say amen. 
Now, we're different from furniture. Some of us. Somebody demonstrate here for a moment that you're different from furniture. Okay, maybe you're not. Amen. Wave your hand. You're alive. You have something furniture don't have. See, they don't have a choice. Furniture don't have. They, when Becca buys those doors, they're going to go through it. When she buys the, the furniture, the little tables or whatever it is that she finds that she sees a value, it's going to go through the process whether it wants to or not. Amen. It's, it, it don't have a choice in the matter. She's going to put the, the, the thinner to it and the sander, and, and uh, she might even kick it a couple times. <laughs> I love you, babe. Thanks for letting me preach about you. Amen. They, that furniture don't have a choice. It doesn't have a, a choice in the matter. It's going to become whatever she tells it to become or whatever she does with it. That's what it'll be. But we have something called the freedom to choose. We can choose to stay the way that we are. Or we can choose to place ourselves in God's hands. When you got up this morning and you were getting ready for church and you looked yourself in the mirror, what was your thought process? Did you think, Oof. did you think, I was like, <laughs> handsome devil. Amen. Not really. Because we all have insecurities. Did you look at yourself in the mirror and think, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I here? What do I want for my life? Do I want something more than what I've obtained to this, this point in my life? Did you look at yourself and think, you're better than this. You deserve better. Amen. You deserve some care. You deserve a change. You deserve to be healed. You deserve to be, to be saved. You deserve to be truly happy. Amen. When I was praying in the prayer room this morning, the Lord told me there's going to be people in this church today that are seeking rest. They can't find rest. And they've wondered, I can't sleep, I can't rest. Even when I sleep, I don't rest. Even when I'm in my bed, I don't rest. They're seeking rest, wondering their minds always in turmoil and confusion and distraction, now always in anxiety and depression and always thinking about things that don't even matter, amen, and can't find one place of solitude or one moment of rest. But I want to tell you today that rest is here and it's in the Holy Ghost and the only way you can get it is to submit to his will for your life. He will cover you with his rest. Amen. That's what you're looking for. Amen. You have a free will. You can choose. 
You can choose your future today. You can choose your tomorrow. Amen. Some of us, if we continue down the path that we're on, we won't make it through the year. Come on. If we continue on the path that we're on, we won't make it maybe through another month. Amen. We might even not make it through the week. But God sent me here to let you know you're valuable to him. And he cares about where you're at. And he wants to restore your life. But sin causes us to feel guilt and shame. Amen. When we transgress God's laws, we're filled on the inside with guilt and shame. It makes us feel terrible. Help me know what I'm talking about. It's a terrible feeling. Some of us don't even know what we've been feeling. Uh, it's a darkness. It's depression. It's oppression. Amen. It's guilt and shame for our past, things that we've done. And because we feel that way on the inside, we've drawn conclusions about ourselves on the outside. Because we feel that hurt on the inside and that darkness and, and, and uncertainty and loneliness on the inside, we feel that way about ourselves on the outside too. Amen. And we begin to draw conclusions about ourselves and about our lives based on how we feel. Amen. But yeah, and you're telling yourself something like, I'm not even worth it. I'm not worth the breath I have to breathe. I don't know why I even have life. I don't even know why I'm alive today. I'm worthless. I'm never going to be anything. That's because of the way you feel on the inside. And there's been a voice whispering in your ear and telling you that you're nothing and telling you that you're going to be lost and that you can never recover. But I want to tell you that that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not the truth. And that didn't come from God. Amen. When God looks at you, he sees something of value. He sees a future before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you and ordained you for life and ordained you for a purpose, a God-given purpose, a divine will for your life. Amen. Amen. That's not God talking. You need to cast off those thoughts and not listen to them, not for one more day. He said you were worth it. He thinks you're valuable to his kingdom. Let me tell you how much he thinks you're worth. Can I tell you how much he thinks you're worth? The value of something is determined by the price someone's willing to pay for it. If I want to sell my Honda Odyssey out there and I want $60,000, is anybody going to pay $60,000 for Not after Skyler ran it in the ditch. <laughs> Come on, high five. Get it up there. We all make mistakes. Just don't do it in dad's car. Man. If I want $60,000 for that van and nobody wants to pay that for it, guess what? It's not worth it. 
right? If they only want to give me 20, if the highest I can get for it's 20, that's what it's worth. Amen. It's not necessarily what I want for it is what it's worth. It's what somebody's willing to pay for it. That's where the value is set. You know, when, when God looked down from heaven and saw us, he didn't give just $20,000. He gave his best. Amen. He paid the price for our sin. He gave his only begotten son. Amen. He loved you so much that he was willing to lay down his life for your sin. Amen. So that you would not have to go through the pain and the destruction of living a life without him. That's how much he loves you. Let me tell you how much you're worth. You're worth the only begotten son. You're worth the only spotless lamb. You're worth the only uh, 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 bread from heaven. You're worth that living water that came down from heaven. That only one that can redeem you. That's how much you're worth. You're worth the life and the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and thank him for his sacrifice. Elbow your neighbor and tell him you're worth it. God thought you were worth it. Amen. He thought you were worth the price that he paid. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For he sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I want to tell you this morning, God is not against you. He is for you and he gave his life for you. Clap your hands to the Lord. But notice in that passage of Scripture, it does not say that they shall not perish. It says they should not perish. Amen. He doesn't want us to perish. It's not necessary for you to perish. Amen. It's not necessary for us to be lost. But how many know that He is our Redeemer? Amen. Redeeming something is not just buying it. This is my last point, and then I'm going to quit. How many know he purchased us with his blood? He paid the price for our sin to buy us back. Amen. To give us an opportunity to be saved. But redeeming is not just purchasing something. Amen. Uh, Matt, my brother Matt has and Tara, they've bought a flip house. And uh, when, when they first bought it, it was in pretty bad shape, wasn't it? Knocked off its foundation. Uh, had to do so much work to it and trying to, to, to get it back in order. Um, but when they bought that house, they didn't plan on leaving it the way it was. They had a plan in mind. Now, if he would have bought the house... And not done anything to it and tried to sell it. Is it worth any more under his care than it is under the other owner's care? 
Not unless he can swindle somebody. <laughs> well, it's not really off its foundation. These leaks here, that's just natural. <laughs> that happens in all houses, in all basements. <laughs> I built a waterfall there. Oh, man. Uh, that house is not worth any more since he bought it than it was before. But the whole purpose of redeeming the house was to restore the house. It's to restore it back to its original state where everything is operational and functional. Amen. When God bought us, it was with a plan. Just because he bought us doesn't mean that we're of more value than we were before. The only way that we become of more value is when we allow him to begin to put his hands on us. Come on. The only way that we become of more value is when we allow him to begin to change us and to mold us and to make us into what he has purposed for us to be. The only way we become of more value is when we lay our heart in his hands and we say, Lord, I want you to heal every part of, of my being, every function of my being. I want you to restore. I want you to restore my mind, heal my emotions. Come on. Heal my soul. Heal my body. Heal every aspect of my life bring healing to my spirit understand today that when God buys you he buys you with a plan in mind and he's not going to buy you and leave you the way that you came he's going to buy you and he's going to restore you completely and totally back to the way he purposed for you to be mm. stand with me all around the building today I wonder if we could lift our hands and we could just begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to feel after him right now. God, I want you to put your hands on my life, Lord. I want you to put your hands on my life. Cause me to see your purpose, Lord, for my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. It is his desire to restore your health. Health is more than just the way you feel physically. A lot of the physical ailments that you have or you suffer from comes from how you feel on the inside. That needs to be healed first. A lot of people want to run to the doctor. I don't have anything against doctors. I believe you should go to the doctor when you're sick. But we run to the doctor because of how we feel about ourselves. Or the ailments that our anxiety is causing. But I want to tell you something. You need to hear this preacher today. The anxiety that most people feel 
is because of the state of their soul, the condition of their heart. And if you get this right, everything else will fall in line and in order. I'm not just preaching a myth this morning. I've experienced it for myself. I came to the Lord broken, busted, disgusted, hurt, offended, shameful, guilty. Amen. Couldn't sleep at night. Knew that if I died on my bed that night that I would go to hell because of the way that I lived. But God restored me. Mom, Dad, He healed me on the inside. Healed my mind. Healed my soul. I can lay down on my bed at night and have peace. Knowing that I'm in God's hands. I don't have to worry about my future. Because He's my future. I don't have to worry about my past. Because it's covered in the blood. Amen. I am saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And he even let me preach. Can you believe that? He even let me preach. God's got a purpose for your life. He's already bought it. He's already paid the price for it. It's done. He's done his part. Now it's our responsibility to accept the work that he has already done. How do we do that? We repent of our sins. We feel sorry about the life that we've lived. We repent and ask for forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you today, he will meet you at this altar. He's in this building. How many can feel him in this building? Amen. He's been here from the moment we started worship. His angels are in this building. The host from heaven is here. Amen. There are people that have purpose on their life that are sitting under the sound of my voice. How do I know that? Because I wouldn't be preaching if this if that wasn't the case. God wants to tell you today, when he died on the cross, hear me, when he was being nailed to the cross, he was looking down through time and seeing us, me and you, knowing they're worth it. They're worth it. Seeing the plan and the purpose that he had from the beginning. Amen. God loves you today. He is your redeemer. He has already paid the price for your sin. You have already been bought. All you have to do is just accept the work that he's already completed. Allow him to put his hands on your life. And he will change it forever. He will mold you and make you into the vessel he has purposed for you to be. 
I want to tell you today, if you walk out those doors without the hands of God on your life, I would be scared in the day and time that we live in. I would that every person under the sound of my voice this morning would find a place, whether you're seated at your seat or you crawl into this altar, find a place of repentance today and ask the Lord, God, I know you've worked in my life in the past, even you saints. I know, God, that you've done great things in my life in the past, but I want you to continue the process. I want you to continue the work, Lord. Don't ever let me return to that what I used to be, God. Place your hands upon me again afresh and make me what you have called me to be. I open up these altars this morning. If you have the courage today to come, to climb into this altar and to cry out unto the Lord as the Lord tells you that you're worth it. If you've been having those thoughts that you're not worth it and you don't deserve to live, you don't even deserve a life, I wonder if you could climb into this altar today and find your self-worth in this altar. Let God pour his love into you and let you know. Whisper in your ear and tell you he's got a plan for your life. He is created you the way that you are. He has not left your side, but he's with you today. In the name of Jesus, come on. Come on, why don't we come down and find a place to pray. In the name of Jesus. If you desire just to sit in your seat. Husbands and wives, why don't you put your arms around each other. Pray for each other. Pray for your children right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we just want you to have your way in our lives. We just want your will to be done. I need to rest, Lord. I need rest. I need peace, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Call upon his name. All around the building, every person. Call on the name of the Lord this morning. He is here. So you came and changed my life. Hallelujah. Call unto him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he can be found. Now's the time. Now's the time. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Come on, call on him while he's near. He's tapping on your shoulder. He's tugging on your heart. He wants to pour himself into you. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.